You're listening to Radio Free Satan. Enjoy the show. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to another fine, fantastic, fabulous episode of Nine Cents. I don't know why I went off on F's there. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world. I'm your host, Adam Campbell, and it is great to have you. It is March 25th, and I've got a great show for you this week. Before I get into the nuts and bolts, the meat and potatoes of the show here, a couple notes, as per usual. First... This episode, I actually had two different people ditch out on me for this episode. So, no interviews, no guests, no co-hosts, no nothing, just me, little old me, delivering you another fine, fantastic episode. Uh, It's okay, you know, it happens. I'm kind of pissed off about it, but we will fight through this beast together. First, let's talk about upcoming guests. I have in the past... Uh, reached out to you for people that you want to hear me talk about, uh, hear me talk to, topics you wish me to speak to specifically. This is very much a podcast for you, the audience. Meaning, I don't just come up here and dance like a monkey, (laughs) though I at times do. Uh, (laughs) Just because I want to do it. If there's something you want me to speak to, if there's uh, something you want me to speak about, Please, let me know. I very much like to uh, follow up on what my listeners enjoy. I'm, I'm doing this for you. So, as with past episodes, I've spoken specifically to people that I know nothing about until I speak to them or until, I, I mean, to be quite honest, until I research, you know, the, for the interview. But it's always fun. It's always something new. So, please, if there's something you want me to speak to, uh, let me know. If there's someone you want me to speak about or, uh, you know, get on the show, I will do everything I can to do so. Uh, You never know until you try, right? So, that's out there. And let me tell you something. I've got some fantastic guests lined up that, hopefully, fingers crossed, it pans out. And let me tell you, if this Valpurgis Noct episode pans out... I'm not going to mention anything specific because I don't want you know to jinx it here. But if it pans out the way I'm planning it, holy shit, are you in for a treat? Uh, no, no kidding. I mean, really, I'm, I'm very excited for what I have lined up, and I know that the, you listeners, the audience, is going to really appreciate it, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's hope that that comes to fruition. I do want to talk specifically to the Greater Magic episode. It is still months away, yes. But I do already have the two contributors lined up. And let me tell you something. Yet again, very excited for these two women. These two powerful, um, very influential women to be on the show. And I'm going to talk to them all about Greater Magic. Now, I do have a lot of questions already, just of my own. And I have some spillover questions from when you guys sent me questions for last year's Greater Magic episode. However, if you have any other questions, 
if you never submitted any last year, well, now's your chance. We have between now and October. But realistically, send me them sooner than later so I can sort of base the show's construction, the, the order of the show around it. Uh, let me know. You know, send me those questions. I don't want to tell you who the contributors are as of yet because we are still really early on, and I don't want your questions to be individual-specific, but they are both women, like I said before, so base it around that idea. Um, how to how do uh, powerful women ritualize? Um, uh, how do you base your life uh, around the idea of magic with the firm grasp of reality at its center? Um, you know, if if there were questions that you submitted with the idea that men were going to be answering it last year, well, now think of it in a different way. Step outside of the box, the magical box, as it were. <laughs> What's your pleasure, sir? And maybe uh, rephrase it. What's your pleasure, ma'am? Because I do truly believe that there are significant differences other than just physiological between the sexes. And the approach in magic and its practical application in life is one of them. So think about it. Let me know. Shoot me an email. Info at 9 if you have any greater magic questions for female practitioners. And it's time yet again for another contest. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. Gyps Fulvis' new album, Invocations, is coming out the 13th. And I've talked to him, and he is willing to uh, toss a few signed albums this way for me to uh, toss out to you, the listener. Now, Gyps Fulvis, as you know from Nocturnes from Nightmares, is an amazing artist. He's actually a contributor to Black House Blues, which I'm very excited to bring that track to you. I'm just waiting on a couple other things to fall into place before I release that. Uh, his album Invocations is dropping out April 13th. And actually, if you want to get a signed copy, or if you want to get a, a, a less expensive copy, you can email Gyps Fulvis. Just uh, go on to Facebook, look for Gyps Fulvis, or actually, you know, at pretty much any social networking site, uh, and he's been reaching out. Don't miss out. Um, of course, there's nothing wrong with paying full retail price for a quality product and invocations uh his new album is certainly that however if you want to pay a little bit less reach out to him but there's a chance you can get a free copy and you can't beat free at all so last year when uh nocturnes for nightmares came out we were mixing it up with the greater magic questions this year no i'm not gonna do it all i want you to do is email me your favorite Gyps Fulvis track. And this could be from any of the free tracks that he's released. This could be from Nocturnes for Nightmares. This could be to any of the released uh, teaser tracks for Invocations. Just send me an email at info at 9centspodcast.com with your favorite Gyps Fulvis track. I'm going to send you, randomly selecting of the two entries... A free copy of Invocations. That's right, a free copy. I'm going to have Gyps Fulvis on the show again. We're going to be talking about Invocations. We're going to be tearing it up. We're going to be delving in track by track, uh, talking about the genesis and the thought process of this album. And he is going to be the one to announce those two random winners. So, what do you have to lose? 
nothing. And what do you have to gain? A brand new album. And all you got to do is email info at ninecentspodcast.com. So there it is. Another freebie from uh, Gyps Fulvis and Nine Cents. Pretty badass, right? I thought so, too. Uh, and like I said at the top of the show, we do have a great show for you. In The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to break away from traditional Church of Satan topics, and I'm going to talk a little bit about being a Satanist in the real world. And uh, specifically, when is it okay to uh, reveal your horns? I've run into a few instances, and I'm going to talk, speak to one specifically uh, in this Devil's Advocate. I think it's going to be interesting. And in an Infernal Informant, it's everywhere, so why shouldn't I talk about two? Trayvon Martin case, shooter may have expected it to blow over. And Philadelphia priest abuse trial to draw plenty of attention. And in Creature Feature, I can't stay away, I have to talk about this cartoon. Yes, that's right, a cartoon. I'm speaking specifically to Archer. I'm going to be talking about it, and uh, it's a great cartoon, it's a great show. It's very much an adult cartoon, so uh, look forward to that. And that's going to do it for another show. Um, with commercial breaks or maybe a bizarre, bizarre at the end, uh, I hope you're going to enjoy it. So sit back, hold tight, another nine cents starts now. Say why bother? How you done? Great. Let's cut the bullshit and get real. Why this purity you feel about evil? For Christ's sake, why? They don't lie to me. I guess, Father. You gotta feel that old nick in your soul, and it becomes clear. Like it did for me, the first time. That's when I realized my one true calling in life. And what's that? Shit, man. <laughs> I'm a born devil's advocate. Welcome to the devil's advocate. I'm a Satanist. I'm a member of the Church of Satan. But I do not speak for the Church of Satan. That is all. When is it appropriate to show your horns? Uh, for me, it's it's really challenging not to just jump out there with the first offer and just um, really kind of freak out. I'm, I'm a very emotional individual, meaning I I am controlled really heavily by my emotions. I react. Um, I'm not much of a, an emotional planner. Meaning, if someone says something stupid, I, I react to it immediately instead of debating in my mind the best way to approach the situation. But I think I did good. One of these times I'm going to speak to here. I, and, th- and this is speaking to... Uh, I'm a Satanist. And I have no problem uh, stepping up to someone who, for example, well, let me give you one example here. I was uh, right out of high school, and uh, I saw a bum uh, sitting outside of a convenience store 
Uh, he looked like a, a veteran, and I don't know why, but I felt like I should just, you know, give him a five spot. I, I just thought, you know, maybe he could use it for booze or, you know, whatever. Uh, so I went into the store, I grabbed what I was going to grab, I got some extra cash. Uh, on my way out, I looked down, I was like, hey man, here you go, and I gave him a $5 bill. He looked up at me, took the dollar, or the $5 bill, said, thank you, God bless. And as it was still in his fingers, I ripped it back out. After he said that, uh, never having let go in the first place, I was like, uh, what? And he sort of looked at me confused, he just said, God bless. And I just walked to my car, didn't say a damn word, and got away. I don't think that it is okay to immediately jump out to some archaic Christian, I don't know what, greeting? A, a, a thank you? Why don't you just say thanks? Like, why do you have to bring your individual religious card into play? And what pisses me off is that it's just okay. Everyone's all right with that. God bless. They write on freaking cardboard uh, scraps, expecting that to be... I'll tell you what. If, if I saw a bum on the side of the street, and I had, I don't know, a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars in my pocket, that I wanted to give away... I, like, I just, I wanted to get rid of it, because I just don't like carrying cash. I was like, well, I gotta give this to someone. What's a, a, a worthy person? The dude with God bless on his cardboard scrap will not get it. Because there's a presumption involved in that. And that presumption pisses me off. That I'm just gonna roll over like every other sheep in society and say, Yeah, that's a good idea. God bless. Huh, what, maybe it's your faith in God that, keeps you in that shitty, horrible, homeless hole that you're living in. Maybe he's the reason that you're not getting a shower and getting your ass a job. Eh, maybe it's your belief in an imaginary being and the perpetuation of a vicious cycle of ignorance and hate that keeps you homeless. You ever think of that? But no, no, of course not. It's always just this sort of, uh, well, it's a Christian world we're living in. No, it's not. It never has been. Certainly not in America. The Christians are trying to make you believe it is. But I digress. <laughs> Completely I digress. Okay, so now you know where I'm coming from. I have this vile hatred for people that just assume it's okay. I don't walk around saying hell Satan to people. So why the fuck is it okay for them to say God bless? Really? It drives me crazy. Uh, okay, so I'm at my son's uh, PTA meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before I go into this, I didn't show my horns. I just want to say, you know, at the top before I get into the story, I didn't. Because you have to be able to know when it's appropriate. When the fire you're about to light is going to affect someone else, other than you, that has nothing to do with your or someone else's belief, hold your damn tongue. Sometimes it's best not to show your horns. This is a case... I mean, the homeless guy, I had to show my horns. Uh, with this case, no, I'm not going to show my horns. All right, so I'm at PTA meeting with my son's teacher. Uh, we had recently gone through some struggles with my son. Uh, without getting into details, if you've listened to the show, maybe you uh, have put the pieces together already. But uh, before we even start the PTA meeting, I, I don't even know why I'm saying PTA. It's a parent-teacher conference, so PTEC. Uh, it was a meeting with his teacher. Before we even start, we are uh, immediately, she's just like, understanding, like covering the, I guess it's like a report card, 
uh, with her hands. He's like, understand that this is all before everything else we took care of. So I'm like, well, it's going to be that bad? She's like, yeah, it's going to be that bad. So she goes over um, the scores of everything he's done, and you know we address the situation appropriately. Uh, and then she says something about, God willing, he'll do better. And as soon as, and I don't know if I, like I can just feel it coming. As soon as there's like a g, g, I know something bad is going to happen. I have to like lock down my emotions. I'm just like, ignorance incoming. Like whatever she says after g is going to be filled with stupidity. Pure and utter stupidity. And what infuriates me more than anything else is that this is an instructor. This is a teacher. This is who I am trusting to educate my child. And she believes in an invisible man? How the... I Okay, so she says, God willing, you know, things will go much better. Well, why don't you just fuck God? Why don't you just take the God willing bullshit tagline, the brand God, remove him from the equation altogether, and let's pretend that he has nothing to do with your ability to properly instruct my child and my child's ability to properly, uh, I don't know, execute said instruction. Let's pretend that you and my son are the only two factors in him doing well. Because guess what? That's the case! Why would you ever even throw... And what pisses me off is that somehow it's okay. Like, you know, maybe she didn't mean, and I truly believe, literally, she didn't mean, well, this invisible man in the sky is going to help your son. I understand that's not her immediate intention. But what pisses me off is just sort of the assumption that it's okay. In this day and age, in any day and age, to say, God willing, your son will do better. Well, guess what? He has nothing to do with it. You do as an instructor, and my son does as the instruct E. So why don't we focus on that? Because the second we stop thinking about you and your ability to properly instruct different types of children, and my son's ability to comprehend the bullshit that you're trying to shove down his child's throat. Like, I thought there was a separation of church and state, but somehow it's okay to sneak it in through the cracks. So I had to just bite my damn tongue, not say a goddamn thing, because as soon as I do, I know that my son is suddenly going to be branded with my inability to cope with ignorance. And necessarily that couldn't be a bad thing, but still, it's just the idea that In society, it's completely okay to just assume that everyone is Christian. Therefore, any Christian greeting is okay. Now, okay, I mean, bottom line here. Uh, I do not want to live in a world where everyone is upset about every little thing that someone else does. Um, And so, you know, when it's something like this, I'm ranting about it because, yeah, it pisses me off, but it's not like I want legislation here. I don't want the atheist alliance of the world to gather, unite, and fight back against the the demons that are God and the the, the myth of religion. I'm just bitching because because I I think it's funny. I think it's entertaining. Um, If for no other reason, you get to hear me uh, rant about a frustration. I don't want other people to change their ways. I'm just trying to express my disgust uh, my aggravation living in a world that it, it's, it's just like common. It's completely okay. 
Like, why don't we walk around saying, Dragon protect you? Like, everyone knows there's no such damn thing. So that's why it's not okay. There's no such thing as dragons. There's no such thing as God. We have to, at some point, come to terms. I mean, if you want to be some weird, eccentric freak and just go around, well, fine. You know, you want to believe in Harry Potter? That's awesome. Do your thing. But don't tell me that uh, uh, Harry blessed you. Because you believe in something doesn't mean that you shove it off on everyone else and that somehow everyone else is going to be okay with you shoving it off on them. Uh. Especially an instructor. Like someone whose sole purpose in life is to mold and inform younger generations. But I guess that's what I get for living where I do or uh, not homeschooling my child. I mean, to be quite honest, I would rather have my son be exposed to fools like this as a learning tool than to hide them under a sheet and teach them everything myself, right? So, I mean, bottom line, I I like to bitch about it, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I kept my horns hidden away because I didn't want to scare off this poor instructor or uh, get my son, uh, you know, hated by this instructor because her father is, or his father is intolerant of uh, Christians and their ilk. But, uh, man, we got to do something at some point. When is human civilization just going to... I understand it took, like, 6,000 years for the the pantheon of deities to be seen as foolish. Uh, So, you know what? Maybe we got another 4,000 years of Christianity before it dies. Uh, that's a lot of fucking. Uh, if if that's the case, fine. All right, that's the cycle of human ignorance we have to go through. Whatever. Um, and I say six thousand is just a generic number. You know, we we had pantheons of gods in our early um, uh, evolution. Uh, I'm just hoping that the speed of evolution, at least with human processing power, mental processing power, speeds up a little bit. Let's get past this whole god thing um, because it really is holding us back, and I don't want it holding my son back. But you parents out there, hold your tongue, man. Sometimes it's best not to announce yourself, not to bolst out. I mean, for an example, I I wore that Christ Killer shirt uh, all day on Saturday. Walked around uh, the library with my son. I was hoping some... I was at the point where I wanted someone to approach me. Like, what does that mean? And I could just sort of unload on them. No one said anything. People looked at me. Obviously, it's a bold shirt to be wearing around. And it was a beautiful day, actually. I'm really warm, so it's not like I had a jacket or anything. But no one said anything. And I don't think it's because of me. I think it has everything to do with people are just, you know, becoming more and more accepting of this idea that, you know, Christianity is bullshit. And people just understand. Even Christians understand it. They may believe it out of habit or because they were just sort of raised that way, but it (laughs) has nothing to do with uh, actual fact. Uh, So... Whatever. Okay, so that's, that's this devil's advocate really ranting, really off there, and I went along a lot longer than I had planned to. Let's move to the infernal informant. Listen up! Listen up! Hey, out Good news! And no devil! Bad news! No heaven! Nothing to see! I'm your infernal informant! This is the Los Angeles Times... Trayvon Martin case, shooter may have expected it to blow over. This is by Tina Sussman, March 25th. Reporting from Sanford, Florida. George Zimmerman, whose fatal shooting of an unarmed teenager has sparked nationwide protests over alleged racial profiling, had thought the entire incident would blow over. 
a friend said Sunday. Instead, Zimmerman is hiding amid death threats and demands for his arrest. Joe Oliver told ABC News that he had never seen any indication Zimmerman, 28, whom he has known for about a decade, is racist. Oliver also said that in the days immediately after the shooting of 17-year-old Trayvon Martin, who is black, he heard that uh, Zimmerman couldn't stop crying. Zimmerman, who is Latino and white heritage, has said he fired at Martin in self-defense. Zimmerman had encouraged Martin on February 26th as a teenager was walking through a gated community in Sanford, Florida, where Zimmerman is a neighborhood watch volunteer. <laughs> neighborhood watch volunteer. Oh, gosh, what is that gang that did this, too? It was like the Guardian Angels or something? <laughs> like this pathetic group... Uh, this is sort of akin... Neighborhood Watch volunteers are literally a step below, like, that crazy dude who dresses in spandex claiming to be a superhero. <laughs> like, there is the regular person minding their own business, and then outside of that, the attention-starved freak who wants to be the Neighborhood Watch guy, and then the maniacal uh, narcissist who claims to be the superhero protecting... <laughs> New York City or whatever. <laughs> uh, the um, fiancé of Martin's father lives in a complex, and Martin had been returning to her home, her home, after buying candy and a drink at a nearby convenience store. It's just uh, starting to sink in, to Zimmerman, how big the controversy over the shooting has become, Oliver said. Up until this point, because he was there and he knows what had happened, uh, he's been very confident, naively, that this would all blow over. Among other things, the shooting has forced the Sanford Police Chief, Billy Lee Jr., to temporarily leave his post while the investigation continues. It is, it, it, why not? Because he had nothing to do with uh, this neighborhood watch guy shooting this other guy that they claimed was a her in this article, which was interesting. Um, so why shouldn't he just leave his post while the <laughs> investigation continues? Uh, it also focused attention on Florida's so-called stand-your-ground law, which permits people to use deadly force if they feel threatened. Lee has said that because of the law, which took effect in Florida in 05, police could not arrest Zimmerman. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it, seriously, you may not like it, Florida's not the only place with a stand-your-ground type law. There's like 25 states out there like that. Martin's parents and supporters, however, say evidence from witnesses who called 911 the night of the shooting indicate that Zimmerman followed Martin because he was black. They've alleged that racism is at the root of both the teen shooting and the decision not to arrest Zimmerman. I could totally see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It I am <laughs> I see myself as fortunate for being born a white man. <laughs> I I'm seriously there is an assumption of guilt when you are a, a black man. And it's not fair. Uh, it's not right. But that's the reality of the world we live in. I mean, nothing in, in life is fair. We have to all come to terms with that. It wasn't fair for the Jews to be the target of Hitler's frustration in the late 30s and 40s. It wasn't fair. But that's what happened. It wasn't fair that early America bought slaves and enslaved people. Um, but it happened. 
It wasn't fair that the Japanese during World War II were forced into internment camps. Even though they had done nothing wrong, American citizens, all of them, uh, it wasn't fair. But that's the world we live in. Can we all stop pretending like we don't live in this unfair world? We do! Life itself is unfair. At any second, you could be dead. That's the whole point of living life to the fullest. Carpe diem, people! Okay. Martin's parents and supporters have evidence of witnesses who called 911 light. Shooting indicated that Zimmerman followed Martin because he was black. Um, with Monday marking one month, a month since the shooting. With Monday, think about that. Has it really been a month already? Isn't it like this last week that this is all blown up? But it happened three weeks ago? City officials in Sanford, a lakefront city of 55,000 people, about 20 miles from Orlando, were preparing for thousands to attend the regularly scheduled city commission meeting Monday evening. Hey, you guys think that 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 crazy gay, anti-gay church are going to, like, picket this guy? (laughs) They picketed... I, I say, okay, I don't want them picketing anyone, anyone's funeral. But I'm just saying... If they're going to pick at funerals, how about not just doing it to uh, celebrities and uh, fallen soldiers? Why not include, <laughs> like, the uh, recently murdered for absolutely no reason other than the color of their skin people, too? Huh? I mean, are they that bigoted that they won't even go to a black boy's funeral and pick at anti-gay? I mean, where's the justice in that? Where's the fairness in that? They picketed white people. <laughs> Maybe they're uh, reverse racist. Or, I mean, that's sort of a ridiculous thing to say. Maybe they're just racist against white people. Maybe that's what it is, even though they're white. Huh? Talk about white guilt. <laughs> the meeting site has been shifted from City Hall to Civic Center to accommodate crowds, and it will be devoted to discussion of the Martin case. Zimmerman has dropped from sight since the shooting, but in recent days, a lawyer who has described himself as Zimmerman's legal advisor has begun speaking out in defense of Zimmerman. Oliver was the latest in a small group of friends who had come forward to speak up for the shooter. The lawyer, Craig Sonner, had said that Zimmerman had a history of mentoring young blacks, uh, had friends of all races, and shows no indication of being a racist. Sonner also said Zimmerman had no choice but to go into hiding during increasingly angry demands that he be arrested. Latest demands came from a new Black Panther Party, which... (laughs) The new... (laughs) New and improved... Black Panther Party, which on Saturday offered a $10,000 reward for Zimmerman's capture. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I'm going to add this myself here, Lex Talionis. New Black Panther leader, uh, Mikhail Muhammad, said when asked whether the offer could incite violence. At rallies held in solidarity with Martin's family, people have sold t-shirts featuring pictures of Zimmerman below the large wanted sign, and Sonner said he and Zimmerman had received death threats. Is George a racist? The answer is no, absolutely not. Sonner told the Associated Press, he said Zimmerman's friends only have good things to say about him, but that many were afraid to come forward because they feared being targeted for supporting Zimmerman. Uh, That did not deter Oliver who said he understood why Zimmerman was fearful. Wouldn't you be, he said. There's someone who put a $10,000 bounty on his head. 
On Sunday, the Reverend Jesse Jackson became the latest activist to come to Central Florida to speak about the case. Jackson delivered a sermon at the Baptist Church in Eatonville, about 20 miles from Sanford, where he urged people to ensure the case sparked a movement for social change. There is power in the blood of the innocent, Jackson told the packed church. You don't think that maybe this is just a bunch of people capitalizing on an unfortunate incident? I mean, since 2005, uh, let's say the murder rate of uh, justifiable murders was 13, which I believe it was. And now with that law passed, the stand your ground law, it's 35. Huh. Maybe he was genuinely scared. Maybe. Maybe. I know it's not popular. I know people don't like to hear it. Maybe it had nothing to do with race. Maybe other people should stop capitalizing on the death of someone that just had one thing in common with them, the color of his skin, and look at reality. Yes, we like to play that the media has told us all he was doing was walking home with Skittles for his younger brother. We know this because we've been told this, but we weren't in that kid's shoes that night. I'm, let's just say you are running to the grocery store or the convenience store, grabbing Skittles for your, your brother, uh, and you're on your way back. Nothing is going on. But suddenly this uh, dude comes walking up like, what you doing? What the, what you got there? You got Skittles? Huh? It's not a gun? You Skittles aren't a gun? Talking shit, right? You don't belong here. You're like, dude, I live here. Shut up. I live here. He just keeps pushing you because... It's okay. He's the he's the local watch, and he's like okay to walk around and uh, upset people. He calls the cops. They say they can't do anything. He keeps pestering you. So what do you do? You don't roll over. You stand up. Like, look, leave me the hell alone. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just trying to get my skittles to my brother. Leave me alone. I am not doing anything wrong. You don't live here, man. I never seen you before. Right? Stepping up on you. And then you just have taken enough. And you turn to him and you start approaching him. This is all speculation. But at some point, don't you think that the boy, Zimmerman, um, probably really did feel threatened? I mean, realistically, you don't just pull out a gun and shoot someone because you just felt like shooting someone. At some point, he had to be pestering this young man so much that the young man stood up. So, it happened. And I'm not saying that you should cow down to every freaking guardian angel type figure. Uh, Certainly not. But if you're black, maybe you should think about it. (laughs) No. I don't don't think anyone should cow down to any of these comic fools. uh, Neighborhood watch idiots. Uh, But maybe aggressiveness isn't the answer when the dude has a gun. You think that? Maybe? And I'm not trying to defend the fact that this kid was shot, but it was in Zimmerman's legal right to shoot him if he felt threatened. And until someone can say that he wasn't threatened or say that he didn't feel threatened, it's legal. So you have to deal with it. So I'm trying to capitalize on this horrible incident. How many other tens of of situations exactly like this has happened, but has never gotten any publicity? So don't act like it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing that everyone has to stand up for. Let's have another uh, social movement. You don't need social change. This was an important... 
I'm surprised this doesn't happen more often with as many guns as we have out there. If you really look at the statistics, we are an amazingly tolerant society. Certainly for violence. I mean, we've been taught, well, don't worry, someone will take care of it, 911's coming, don't, don't attack, don't be aggressive. So, 30 out of 13 regular since this law has been passed is a good number. Stop complaining about it. And I'm not saying it's good that he died, but it is good that it's only that small amount that have died. We are on an uphill here, people. Let's stop focusing on the horrible moments on our way up. All right? (laughs) This is ridiculous. Everyone's just trying to personalize it and and come out on top. Uh, Had you ever heard of the new Black Panther Party before this? I didn't think so either. What does that tell you? Seriously. All right, let's go to the next article here. Philadelphia priest abuse trial to draw plenty of attention. And this is uh, Ross Levitt and Susan Candotti from Local10.com. And actually the authors uh, for CNN. Opening arguments are scheduled for Monday in Philadelphia in the first case in which an official of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese has been accused of protecting abusive priests by moving them from parish to parish. Uh, Monsignor William Lynn had pleaded, I I assume I said that right, pleaded not guilty to conspiracy and endangering the welfare welfare of a child. Uh, It's funny, why didn't you throw in sodomy? Lynn served as the vicar of clergy in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia from 92 to 04, a position in which he was responsible for investigating reports that priests had sexually abused children. Oh, that's why. He didn't do it. He just protected those that did. A grand jury alleged that he knowingly allowed priests accused of abuse to continue in the ministry in roles in which they had access to children, according to the district attorney's office, Lynn. Acted as if his job was to protect the abusers, never the abused. In January uh, 2011, a grand jury report concluded. But Lynn's lawyers argue that the Monsignor had informed his superiors including Cardinal Anthony uh, Bevilacqua, who died in January, uh, that priests in the archdiocese were assaulting children. The Lynn case has had reverberations across the country, including an October 2011 arrest of Bishop Robert W. Finn in Kansas City, Missouri. On charges that he failed to report suspected child abuse by a priest, Finn pleaded not guilty. Lynn's case has already had some surprising in the weeks leading up to this point. The latest came Thursday when a co-defendant defrocked priest Edward Avery, accepted a plea deal, and was sentenced to two and a half to five years in prison. The deal does not require Avery to testify against Lynn, leaving open the question of how it ultimately affects the case. This is a very mysterious plea, said CNN legal analysis Paul Callan, and will be interesting to see as the trial rolls on if this plea was really entered. Because there's something going on that we don't know about at this point in time. In February, the defense has had a bombshell of its own. Lynn's attorney presented a document that seems to show that in 1994, Bevilacqua ordered shredding a document prepared by Lynn that listed the names of suspected abusers. In jury selection process, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported common pleas court judge M. Teresa Sarmina as saying in an open court, anyone that doesn't think that there is widespread sexual abuse within the Catholic Church is living on another planet. I'm going to add in here, here, fucking here. The comment prompted calls for Sarmina to recuse herself. She has not. 
You go, girl. <laughs> I never thought I would say you go, girl. But you know what? That, it is appropriate. <laughs> uh, because of a court-mandated gag order, all parties in the case were prevented from commenting, but Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League, said Sermina was inappropriate and incorrect. But completely, I'm adding this, uh, completely factual and accurate. <laughs> we don't have a problem today, Donahue said. We had it in the 60s and 70s and the first part of the 80s. If so, Yeah, because all of the priests from the 60s, 70s, and 80s have left, and all we have now are the, are the 90s and uh, 2000s priests who are not sexual abusers. So that's what makes it okay, right? Like, let's just say it was isolated to 30 years of abuse, and our complete and lack of concern for those being abused, all the while saying, children, come unto me. And all that that implies. But now, now that we realize that people get pissed off about it, and actually want to hang our asses over it, maybe we should say think twice about it. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's get those priests out of there. Let's send them to Brazil, that's it. So it's not in America, so the media isn't paying attention to it. We had it in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but not anymore. Like, that's your argument? That's seriously your argument! It's okay to bugger people that are just trying to live their lives innocently. Children! For 30 years, admitted by this guy in that one statement. That's okay. And we are going around saying, God bless. Come unto me. If Sarmina goes in there with that mindset, I think she would have to recuse herself. She's already, as far as I'm concerned, she's damaged goods. Really, she's damaged goods. Oh, Donahue. Victims, advocates say the Catholic Church still has a problem with priest abuse. We've seen no evidence either that the Catholic Church has really changed anything, said Barbara Blaine president of Survivors Network of those abused by priests. We have seen them change their public relations and their statements, but we still haven't seen one bishop to be fired or publicly punished for enabling or covering up for a sexual predator priest. Blaine hopes this case will give survivors like Rich Green some justice. Green, the nephew of deceased Cardinal John O'Connor of New York, says he was abused by a priest at a Philadelphia high school in 1990 priest died in 99, and the statute of limitations has run out on Green's ability to sue the Philadelphia Archdiocese. Green did receive a settlement from the Archdiocese of Wilmington, Delaware, where the priest's order is based, and says he plans to attend Lynn's trial as often as he can. We are asking for these people who are responsible for destroying our lives to be held accountable for what they did to us, Green said. We are the ones telling the truth, and I don't understand why the Catholic Church can't tell the truth. Alright, you know what, before... Well, let me finish this. Uh, finding the truth will be the job of the jury. Is likely to hear testimony from alleged victims, a possible taped deposition of Bevilacqua, and perhaps from Lynn herself. That's the end of the article. Okay, so it is horrible that these priests are doing it. It is uh, inexcusable that the uh, Catholic Church, as a business, as an organization, is uh, covering up and defending it. What about these victims? How long is your victim status... How long do you keep your membership card to the victim club? Like, seriously, at what point do you say, okay, a sick man had his way with me, I need to move on with my life? Like, certainly, I'm not saying you don't stand up for what happened to you and you don't fight back, but this dude already has, green in this case. Why are you still 
piping in on it. Why don't you stop? I mean, you're, you're claiming that this ruined your life. But you were a kid. You've had your whole life to mentally get over this. You've had a settlement from the Archdiocese of Wilmington, Delaware. You know, a little devil's advocate here. Get the fuck over it. Be an adult. Stand up and move on. But realistically, like, I get it. I, I, I don't get it because it's never happened to me. I would like to think that as human beings, we are capable of overcoming horrible shit. Uh, I've known people who have overcome horrible shit, like molestation. So it's not impossible. You know, it's not easy, I'm sure, but it's not impossible. And I play around with it with this little podcast, and I, uh, I'm, I'm sort of, uh, you know, laughing and making jokes about it, uh, both sides of it. But realistically, there's a middle ground. One, you have to understand that, once again, bad shit's going to happen, but you have to be able to adapt to it and move on. Alright, that's just reality. I wish more people lived in it. So that's it for the article. Let's move on to uh, Creature Feature. Hello, my name's Dave Ingram. And I'm Donovan. And we are Metal Breakfast Radio. Inviting you to join us with a few beers each week. For a dose of metal scrutiny. Some verbal skullduggery. And a hell of a lot of rubbish. Rubbish! Find us on metalbreakfastradio.com, darksentinel.dk, and radiofreesatan.com. are different than cats and hey what if jack nicholson were hey what if we are the world was sung by the cast of friends i think it might go something like this hi everyone i'm jay leno anyone remember when i was funny eat doritos ladies and gentlemen dane cook are you fed up with comedy that's made for the masses sick of stand-up comedian hacks with the same old routines that you've heard a thousand times before Equally tired of shock jocks who equate loudness with laughter? Hello, my name is Reverend Bill M., creator and host of The Devil's Mischief, a show where every week I present a new hour of comedy and novelty of devilish proportions. So tune in to The Devil's Mischief. Visit devilsmischief.com or radiofreesatan.com to download the latest podcast. The Devil's Mischief. Carnal comedy clips and netherworld novelty numbers simply not made for the masses. Venture down into Lambert's basement and join me, Dave Ingram and Eagle, Hello. where we time travel via nostalgia to a golden age of big band swing and jazz, only available on Radio Free Satan. Oh God. 
just me. Did you know that after the heart stops beating, the brain can function for well over seven minutes? We got six more minutes to play. Why are you screaming when I haven't even cut you yet? Welcome to Creature Feature. Oh yeah, Archer! Love this show. Okay, so I, this Creature Feature, I want to talk about a cartoon series, uh, an animated adult series actually, that I've been watching for a little while now, called Archer. It is on FX. Let me uh, start off by saying I got into this solely because of the voice of the title character, Archer. He was the devil in the animated series, or the, the it was only one series, the animated show Lucy, the Daughter of the Devil, which, if you haven't seen, is very funny. It's, very, it's a great Adult Swim series that, unfortunately, isn't around anymore. However, because that devil, who played his lines so well, uh, just his voice was so amazing, got me into Archer, and I have not yet been disappointed. It's an amazing series. Okay, so here's sort of the synopsis of the show. Archer's an animated series, a half-hour comedy that revolves around the International Secret Intelligence Service, ISIS, and the lives of its employees. Although their work of espionage, reconnaissance missions, wiretapping, and undercover surveillance is daunting and dangerous, every covert operation in global crisis is actually just another excuse for ISIS staff to undermine, sabotage, and betray each other for personal gain. Uh, the series features the voice of H. John Benjamin, uh, the devil, like I mentioned before, is a highly skilled and incredibly vain master spy, Sterling Archer. Aisha Tyler, as Archer's fellow agent and ex-girlfriend, Lana Kane. Jessica Walter, as Archer's domineering mother, as the director of ISIS, Mallory Archer. Uh, Chris Parnell, as the easily intimidated controller-turned-ISIS agent, comptroller, uh, Cyril Figgis. Judy Greer, as Mallory as Mallory's uh, loquacious secretary. Show Taunt. Cheryl Dunt, Amber Nash as the uh, discordant director of human resources for I ISIS, Pam Poovey, Adam Reed as the gay voice of reason at ISIS, <laughs> Ray Gillette, uh, Lucky Yates as ISIS's potential uh, possible mad scientist, Krieger, and George Coe as Archer's elderly and always exploited butler, Woodhouse. This show is amazing because the dialogue is amazing. The writers are phenomenal. And like the show Justified, which is also on FX, which I've already talked about in a previous episode, I like that show because the, the dialogue is similar to what me and my friends would be doing. And that's really what, what really sells me to, to watch a show. Archer is just like that. They do this sort of thing, which is... It, it, it's sort of expected, and it's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's good for comedy. If it was in any other setting, it would be horrible. But they end a scene with a question, and they start the exact next scene with the answer from another person in a completely different context. It's sort of trite in its execution, but because of the show, because of the framing of the show, it's actually really hilarious. It's, it's funny. It's... A great show. If you have not yet seen Archer, see it. It's one of those shows where if I could take it under 
uh, a high school bleacher and uh, get it pregnant, I would. To steal Tracy Morgan from <laughs> 30 Rock saying, I would totally, totally do this show. <laughs> it's just really funny. So check it out. It's on FX, uh, I believe Friday nights. And uh, it's, I think, wrapping up the season now. So this should be, like, I think the second season. So check it out, people. Archer. And guess what? That's right. Again. Oh, no, you know what? This is actually season three. So check. I'm going to have to make sure I've seen all the other seasons because I feel like I'm missing some. That's going to do it for another episode. Another show. Uh, uh, Thank you for sitting in and, and listening to the entire show and putting up with me ranting and raving without <laughs> without justification or break I do truly appreciate it uh, I would love to hear from you visit the website 9centspodcast.com and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com let me know any suggestions, critiques corrections or general comments you might have you can visit the SatanNet, Facebook Google Plus, Twitter or MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Listen to the show at RadioFreeSatan.com or download the show Monday nights via my RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. You can also subscribe via iTunes by searching 9cents and don't forget to leave a rating or comment. If you'd like to learn more about the Church of Satan, visit ChurchofSatan.com and if you'd like to hear other fine satanic voices and music personalities, visit RadioFreeSatan.com, an online streaming radio station and before I go, I want to again let you know if you want to Enter for a free copy of Gyps Fulvis' new album. Send me an email with your favorite Gyps Fulvis track at info at 9centspodcast.com. You only have like three weeks to do this. So do it as soon as you can, as soon as you hear this. And if you have questions for the female panelists for my Greater Magic episode, send those to me as soon as possible. I'm going to be taking uh, the best questions that will fit the framework and time afforded. So please, uh, make sure you get them to me in a timely manner. I had some people last time send them to me late, and they couldn't make the cut. So by sending them earlier ensures that your questions are going to get in there. Once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell. And until next week, hail Satan. It's okay to say that now, right? 